just get in there and do the work. It's completely changed my mindset of what I'm capable of. So to me, it's just, it's a no brainer now. I can just set up these different programs over time and it's just going to radically change the way I've been delivering the information and I'm having a ton of fun doing it. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by my Thursday co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I'm doing well, Sam. That's doing super good. good. We're doing, we've got a, a first We've know, never we had a guest, have we? We haven't. Um, oh, am I the first guest? You're the very, very first ever Thursday oh, guest. I am privileged. Oh, so we better, we better introduce <laughs> better, you. Better, <laughs> better not stuff it up. It'll be the first and last. Tyson, there's a lot riding on this. I hope you understand just how important this is. <laughs> no, it's so awesome to have you here, Tyson. Um, why don't we start off with you can do a much better chance or, or a better idea of telling us you know, what it is that you do before we jump into what we're going to talk about today. Okay. My background is podiatry. No, I do not have a foot fetish. People do ask that question. Silly question. Never ask your podiatrist that. They get offended. Um, so my background is podiatry. I graduated in 1988. Over the last 30 years, I opened, closed, sold, relocated, took over more than 20 podiatry businesses. It's quite a few. Just a couple, yeah. And I loved it. I, I really, really loved the process of setting up a business from scratch mm. and turning it into something. It was, I don't know, it was something really enjoyable It's like about the thrill it. of the chase, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like you're chasing a girl, but once you catch her, you go, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know you that. You need to move on to the next one. <laughs> um, that was in the early days. Mm. So I've written a couple of books, a couple of podcast shows, and along the way, I also picked up a couple of business awards, which was great. And the, the one that was the coolest was probably the, the um, Telstra Small Business Award back in 2003, I think it was. That was a long time ago. So that was fun because we were up against well, some of these companies that were selling products and services around the world. And here we were, this podiatry business that at the time had two locations in Cairns and Mackay and, uh, and we won. So, so good. Which was so funny because I said to my wife, oh, jokingly, so when we win this tonight, who's going up to do the speech? And she said, well, have you written one? I went, no. And then all of a sudden they said, the winner is, and they mentioned their business name. So I got up there and just, just winged it. So, it so was, I was going to uh, say, who, who did do the speech? I got up there and, and it was just, I, I jokingly said, you know, there's three speeches that you do. The one you plan, the one you do, and the one you do the steering wheel on the way home. And that got mm-hmm. a laugh. So then I told a couple of jokes about the government. Uh, that got a few more laughs and just went on from there. So, but it was a fun night. It was it felt like it was one of those things where you, and what was funny, it was held in Brisbane. All my family was in Brisbane, Southeast Queensland. I did not invite one person to the night because I didn't think we were going to win. So what was the point? Mm. So, and I remember my mum saying to me, 
Um, oh, what are you down here for again? So I'm going to a business award. Oh, we well, got a friend in there, a friend nominated. I went, no, 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 we're nominated. She goes, but you're a podiatrist. Uh, are they podiatry awards? I said, no, they're not podiatry awards. It's the Telstra business awards. Okay, but why are you there? I said, because I've been nominated, but you don't have a business. You have a podiatry clinic. <laughs> Thanks, <said>, mum. <laughs> mum, this, this, is why, this is why you're not invited. <laughs> mother was never in business for herself, was she? Uh, no. And no. Also, it's an interesting conversation because I have that conversation with my parents all the time. My, my dad was an, an ag economist, an ag scientist. And my mum was a teacher for a whole life and just, <laughs> I have no concept of what yeah. it is that I do. I know. No, my my no, in-laws fit- now keep asking because now I you know, do business coaching and yeah, moved away from the podiatry clinics and my in-laws jokingly say to my wife, so when's Tyson getting a job? <laughs> Tyson doesn't need a job Uh, (laughs) and that's what we're going to talk about today so thank you for having me here no thanks for coming if you want to connect with me Tim Hyde head over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect or if you'd like to connect with Samantha Riley you can find her at samanthariley.global forward slash connect We, Tim and I wanted to have you on the show because you recently did our knowledge business launch formula, which is how to design, build and launch your online program in 30 days. And when you came on board with us, really COVID had just kind of hit the fan. Yeah, it had. It was weird. Well, I I had been saying to people, the people I'd been doing coaching with and just people in general, you're talking to them online. I said, now's the perfect time to learn some new skills. Mm-hmm. And they're going, such as, like what? And I said, well, if you've been afraid of video, learn about video. If there's things about podcasting you want to know more about. I said, dig in now while you've got all this downtime and come out the other side better skilled than when you went in. Mm. And you don't know, if you like photography, go and learn more about photography. You may never use it, but at least you'll know more about it. One of my things was I didn't know anything about online programs, you know, like doing, you know, doing group coaching or online programs. I'd never really been part of a group coaching thing myself. And when I saw you and Tim promote what you were doing, I went, okay, I know both of you. I've known you both now for, yeah. I'd known Tim longer than you, Sam. Mm-hmm. And I'd had a beer with Tim before. And well, I think- That always counts. <laughs> yeah. No, but I did. I caught up with Sam in- um, Atlantic City. Atlantic City. Yeah. So that, I, that beats I knew the both beer, you. just P.S. <laughs> but what it was, I, I knew both of you separately and I had listened to the podcast before, so I knew you worked together. And when I saw that you were promoting this, I went, okay, I know, like, and trust both of you. You're not going to steer me down the wrong path. I've been telling everybody else, you've got to come out of this with more skills. So I'm going to do this thing. And I I'm so glad I did. <laughs> it's just, it went really well. We were going into, I mean, obviously, you know, restrictions are starting to relax now and, and things yeah. are seemingly getting back to normal at the moment. But going into COVID, where was your business at? You know, you were doing, I think we were talking before, you were doing lots of one-on-one coaching. You were sort of saying, hey, look, because of what's been happening right now, you know, you were kind of advising your clients to do different things, to think of it differently. Yeah. But let's, let's roll back pre-COVID. What was the structure of your coaching business? You know, you, you talk about having won a Telstra Award and having written books and sold, bought and sold lots of businesses, which is, I think, you know, things that not everyone's done, obviously. Yeah. Right? But we, tell, me, tell me more about where your business was at, you know, pre, pre-COVID, pre-KBLF. 
I was frustrated. I must admit, I was really frustrated. I would see other coaching organizations that were, say, talking to podiatrists, and I'd look at the information they were providing, and I'm going, it's okay. It's not great. Mm. And I knew that, and there's some people that had only been working for like five or seven years, and now all of a sudden they're coaching podiatrists and how to have a business. I'm sitting here going, 30 years experience. I've done nearly everything you possibly want to do. I've made nearly every mistake. I've learned from it. Every person I'd ever done coaching with would just go, holy crap, this, you've just opened my mind up to so many areas of my business I've never thought about. But I couldn't get my message out there properly. Everything mm. was relying on just one-on-one coaching, word of mouth. Um, it sounds really funny. I could market the hell out of a podiatry clinic, but I found it really hard to actually market myself. Mm. It was just it was something weird. I don't know, it was like a bit of a block. So that's sort of where I was going yeah, prior to uh, doing the online course. Let's, just, do some, let's do some hard numbers here. Yeah. How big is your list? You've got your podcast, obviously, and that's a weekly episode. You've done quite yeah. a few episodes of that. You've got a couple of books that are expertise-related but not really focused specifically at podiatry, which is your, your niche. But talk to me. How big is your list? How big is your social media following? You know, are you active on social media? Oh, yeah, like uh, Facebook, probably just on my own personal page, about 2,000, so it's not at the 5,000 limit. Okay, is that, is that a mix of personal stuff and business stuff? Or? No, that's just my personal page. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. What sort of content did you put on that? Oh, on my personal page would be more if I was running a workshop. So if I was doing um, – I used to do face-to-face workshops. They used to be bloody hard work to sell because people had to make the effort to get there, take time off of work. And if you're putting it, if you're putting it on a Friday, they had to take time off. Mm. So I was really struggling to get bums on seats. So when the whole COVID-19 thing started, I changed it to doing it as an online version. I sold a lot more as an online version than I ever did face-to-face. Mm. Interesting. Pe- so I made more money travel. straight away. Yeah. People could just, I put them on at different times. Uh, a lot of them I put on at 5.30 in the afternoon, 5.30 till 8.30, because it suited uh, the overseas market in the UK. Mm-hmm. So straight away, these UK people couldn't come to my live events in Australia. So that shift, I even that, I just said, I don't think I would do any more one-day face-to-face workshops because mm. I can provide the same thing online and people can be sitting there in their underpants and enjoy themselves. Mm. Mm. I may have been as well. They wouldn't know because they'd exactly. only seen me from the top up. <laughs> so <laughs> so you do a mix. I know you've got a lot of personal content on your Facebook page as well. you probably got, you know. Oh, yeah. No, like if I had, up with like, the beers and, you burgers. Know. Yeah, so There's I'm, a lot of burgers there. Else. Okay, <laughs> so your Facebook page looks very much like everyone else's Facebook page. Yes. What we're getting at, okay? You've got a mix of content going up on your Facebook page. You don't really have a, a dedicated Facebook group or fan following much. I mean, you've got, your, you've got your podcast. I had, uh, it's no secret, Dr. T had that podcast going. So there was only about 440 people that were in on that page. Mm-hmm. But it was such a broad marketing and small business thing that it really didn't get, really didn't do anything for me business-wise. Mm-hmm. Then I started the Podiatry Legends podcast and set that up as a separate page. That all of a sudden, when we started this, probably had over a thousand people on that particular page. How long mm-hmm. have you been running that podcast? Uh, January 2019. Okay, so not long, about 12 months. 
right? But interesting, I think, to interesting to really get down into that particular niche and speaking to that audience that you want to reach. And I think you know, Sam and I have talked about this a lot around, you know, how to identify and find the niche that you want to want to work with. Yours is clearly in podiatrists, but oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be an industry sector, does it? It can also be a, a sort of horizontal or a stage of life or growth. We know we had some other students that, um, you know, other, I guess, unifying niches that weren't necessarily an industry type of thing, didn't we say? Mm, I definitely absolutely. think niching is, I, I, when I've done talks, if I've done a live presentation somewhere and I've got this part of my presentation, I talk about three times I have proven that niching works every single mm-hmm. time. And one was when I had my clinic in Cairns and we were a general podiatry clinic with an emphasis on sports and biomechanics and orthotics. We set up Mackay 800 kilometers away, just focused on one part of podiatry. And what took me 10 years to build in Cairns took me 12 months to do a Mackay. So good. Then when I had my book, It's No Secret There's Money in Podiatry, wrote that book. Three years later, wrote It's No Secret There's Money in Small Business. It is a better book than the first book but the first book sells five times more than the second book. Ooh, that's because people know who it's aimed at. Yeah. People then, can say, that's for me. Are you going to go back and just change the cover? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the podcast, it's, yeah, it's no secret, Dr. T. It was going for like three and a half years. I start the Podiatry Legends podcast and it gets three to four sometimes five times more downloads than any episode of It's No Secret Dr. T because targeted to, to mm. one group. So I keep telling people, if, if, you're, if you know a niche, dig into it. Mm. Be, a, be, a, be a big fish in a small pond. Mm. How many was on your email list, Tyson? Just roughly, just rough numbers. Roughly um, legit. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> like actual, ta- actual target market. <laughs> target market is probably maybe 400. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe so not, 400. not really very many. I mean, you, no. you're driving your podiatry group, your, your podcast, you've got the book, which gets a few. You're doing a few, I guess, of the sort of the big ticket marketing items that, um, that everyone should be doing, whether it's book or podcast or, something, or yeah. regular social activity. We need to be doing these activities and really attracting an audience of about our ideal customer. Right? So you're reasonably well positioned to kind of kick off a real shift in your business. Let's, let's jump forward here. And if you don't well, mind, one share. thing I just want to dive in there, but one thing yeah. I did just as we started uh, your online program was I set up a private group, which was the Podiatry Business Owners Club. Oh, nice and the work. idea was to drag, because in the Podiatry Legends podcast page, there's physiotherapists, there's dentists, there's my mum. There's a lot of people <laughs> that are in the group but are not really podiatrists. Or yep. they, they, they might enjoy the podcast, but they're not really podiatrists. So mm-hmm. I set up this other group and over that period of time, I think it's a, like there's 260 people in that private group and that group gets a lot more interaction than anything else that I do. Mm. Once again, just niching it down. It's yep. about community. People want to be yeah. part of something. They want to know that there's other people that are like them. And I think and that's I never a used really to believe important that. point. Really? Yeah, I was like, anti, not anti-community, but I was sort of like, I don't know, like I'm an individual and I'm okay. That's it, doesn't really need, that's, it doesn't really need thousands and thousands. No. Mm. This, does it? Okay, mm. let's, let's jump forward. Yeah. Um, get into kind of what you discovered and learned during the Knowledge Business Launch Formula. What were the results? Now, you've run... I believe two webinars now? I did. The first webinar, I had probably about 110 people register. 
Okay, so this is into the course, right? And you haven't yeah, really so we're into, into the course. Idea of what's in the course, but it, the, I have no idea what webinars to kind of sell the course. Yeah, two webinars. Talk to me about the first one. How many how many clients did you sign up for the program for your for your coaching program in the first course? Okay, so from the the first webinar ended up with twelve people who wanted to be part of the small group coaching program that I'd set up. Mm-hmm. So, and I wanted to cut it off at 10. So I've got one, you know, I cut that off at 10 and started a second group. So move the other two in the other group and actually suited them better to be in the other group just with the, because I changed the day. Okay. And if you're on the second one as well, you got a yes. couple of extras from that. Run, run the second one. Got a few more people. There's two more that have joined the second group, but I know there's people from the first webinar who are emailing me, still asking questions. So I think even just from those two, webinars alone and it's like it's like how you it's how you explained it in the course too was giving people information that you know what they can go and do they can take that information go and run with themselves and they're gonna go wow that was a good webinar i'm glad i listened to it Mm -hmm. or they can take that and go you know that was a great webinar but i know what i don't know Mm. i know that if he's given me that much value that how much more is there that 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 tyson can give and I think I even mentioned, didn't I? I was like anti-webinars too before oh, I did the course. You, you well, were. actually, you yeah, let's go back because Tim sort of jumped from the beginning I did. To I, want, I want to just show where were you to start and what does it look like at the end. Now, you've got yeah. some, some one-on-one clients out of this as well, which you're sort of rubbing your hands with glee about because well, that, it was unexpected. that was your wheelhouse, wasn't it? Your one-to-one client was the one you wanted. But you've, yeah. now, got, you've now got 14 14 clients in this group program having never yeah. run a group program before at what's that when that must be close to what, did, what were you charging $1,500 or something yeah it was $1,499 so um, when you take you know, GST and PayPal blah, blah, blah. fees and all, blah, blah, and all that but yeah it's still when you put them together as a group and it's something that I'd never done before even though it's not that I don't have the information it's just putting it together in a, in a group format I didn't realize, I see, I didn't realize how much fun a group was until I was in your group. Hmm. And I didn't realize how much fun it would be running this group that they would be having so much fun. And all of a sudden, my whole thinking on group programs and webinars and just a lot of stuff has actually changed. Yeah. So, Knowledge Business Launch Formula was a super intensive program. We worked together for four weeks. Yeah, we're laughing. You know how intense it was. Uh, But it was run over 30 days. So pretty much you came to us on May 4th. I remember that because there was the joke of May the 4th. Yeah, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, that's the day that we started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and And we were meeting three mornings a week for four weeks, so 12 sessions. The, in the very first no, here's week. The, here's the funny part you've got, Libra, yep. for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wasn't that funny? Yeah, well, okay, we kind of went over time every single session. <laughs> but that's because we were giving so much value. No, but what I really liked about that is you said it was for an hour, but it went longer, and you didn't bitch and complain about it and try and cut the content down. You just <laughs> let it, you let the conversation flow. And then on top of that, when somebody was asking a question, you know, Tim or yourself would go, oh, that's all right, I'll shoot a video about that afterwards. And then you'd throw that in the group and we could watch it in our own time. So if anyone's looking at the next program and they go, oh, okay, this is going to be for an hour, an hour and a half, what if you end up doing it? They're going to get more just through the extra pieces 
that you're putting in there all the time. So I think people need to be aware of that. It's not just what you say you get. You actually get that and you get more. Mm. Mm. And I'm not being paid for these comments. No, so. you definitely are not being paid for these <laughs> comments. You're 14 clients, right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> plus, plus one one-on-one client. That's 15. No, two, two one-on-one clients. Oh, there you go, 16. Let's just keep racking them up. <laughs> yeah, I've got another one I'm going to talk to tomorrow who contacted me. I don't even know if he was on the webinar. I have, it's, it's hard sometimes trying to keep track of mm. where the people are coming from. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. The momentum's a huge thing. But yeah. let's go back to that very first week because what I fi- found most interesting with you is you came into the program knowing that you wanted to upskill, but also were quite vocal in saying, I'm not here to run a group program. I want to do this to, run, to attract more one-on-one clients. Tell us your thinking around that and what changed for you very quickly. Only because I had I'd never been part of a group program. And you're always going to get far more value from one-on-one, which when I compare what I do with the one-on-one clients, when I compare what I've done so far with the group, they're different. Yeah. It's just a different dynamics. And sometimes I think you can move through a group faster and teach them a lot, whereas with one-on-one, sometimes you're digging down into their specific issues, Mm -hmm. which can also slow down the process. So I can actually see people do it. I could see the benefit of people doing both doing one-on-one and also being part of a, of a group program. Mm. So my thinking towards group programs changed because I'd never been part of one. Mm. And I used to see people go, Oh, I, I used to do coaching with some people and they would do coaching with me for a period of time. And eventually they, you know, they would leave. It was, it was sad, but that just happens. I talked to them later somewhere and I go, Oh, I hear you're part of this, this other group. So and so's community. Yeah. So, and I go, oh, how can you join this? Oh, I just felt like I need to be part of a community. Mm. And I'm like, you softy. <laughs> kumbaya and hugs and around the campfire type thing. And I, I couldn't get my head around it until I went through your group program. And then some of the people connected with on there. And like I said earlier on, I go, oh, I'm talking to Jay this afternoon who was in the group. And so all of a sudden I realized, wow, I actually get why people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Mm. Yeah. It certainly is one of the things we talk about on the webinar, you know, the aspects of actually creating a community focus. Do, do you feel that you learnt from the other participants as well? Because we're all, they're all, everyone's at different stages of business. Jay, Very different. For example, was brand yeah. new to business and, you know, I think he'd been a couple of months in, you know, into his new business, you know, so didn't have, I guess, your wealth of, of background and, and business experience. Um, do you, do you, what, what do you think you learned most from the other participants? Well, everybody had a story. Everybody had a, a different reason for being there. We were all completely different industries. And... I learned something from every single person in the group. Now, some more so than others because some may have been a little bit more vocal, but just watching, um, yeah, the plant ladies. And <laughs> the plant ladies. Helen the, and Bronwyn. Shout out to yeah. Helen and Bronwyn. Yeah, yeah. Helen and Bron, awesome. Yeah, the plant ladies. And they were just, they could have used every excuse under the sun to have failed. Oh, we're, you know, we're a bit older. Mm. Yeah, we're not into this, yeah, sort of technology. And, and they could have used number excuses, but they were doing it. They got in there faster. I think they were the first ones in the group to do the webinar. And then I think they mentioned some of the mistakes that happened and they didn't oh, just drop the lolly bag and complain about it. They went, oh, we made these. This is what we're going to fix next time. This is what we're going to do. They actually inspired me 
to, they fired me up to make sure I didn't, you know, I could, same thing. I could use excuses to, I've not done the webinar. Um, I'll do it next week. Mm. But watching them do it and then preparing for the next one, I thought I have to do it now. Mm. It's like mm. when I did a bungee jump for the first time and I didn't want to do it, but there's some young girl jumped before me. I have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have an option now. <laughs> yeah. But my wife said, Hey, well, yeah, you don't have to, but we're going to dinner tonight with a group of friends and I will tell them. <laughs> that the young girl jumped before you. Thanks for that. Uh, and you're right. It, you, what was great about that particular group um, was that everyone was so open in sharing what did work, what didn't work. And I think that because it was so intensive, you, you all shared so that you could keep up with each other. And, yeah. you know, you shared your wins and you shared your learnings, which meant that everyone and everyone was on for the same ride. We pushed each other. I think the thing is, as a group, you know, when they say, you know, a tide rises all boats, that's what was happening as we were going through. And you could see at certain stages, especially in the first, say, two weeks, people moving ahead faster than others and some sort of dropping off a little bit. But then the people ahead would sort of be saying things to encourage the people to come up. So by the time we got to the end, everyone was starting to release their webinars around the same time or very close to it. Mm -hmm. The group that I've started, I've already seen the dynamics in that group from people who have been at 30 years to people who have only been at two years to solo practitioners to someone that's got four clinics and them conversing and answering each other's questions already that I can see how they're all actually lifting each other up. Mm, and that so was something good. that I'd heard of, but I thought it was also like the Loch Ness Monster. You know, people talk about it, but no one's ever seen it. Mm. So to actually watch this happen, I'm just over the moon that I'm over the moon that I took my, you know, what they say, got to eat your own dog food, that I took my own advice and decided to upskill and learn a few things that I always wanted to know about. And I always thought webinars were scary and mysterious. It's simple. Mm. <laughs> so much easier when someone explains to you what you're doing. Yeah. Mm. We, we deliberately did a very intense coaching program um, with you all. What was your takeaway from, from, I guess, the intensity? And you did mention that we, you know, although we originally sort of set the expectations that, you know, look, we're going to do an hour, but we'll, some of them might run over. Yeah. What did, what did you take away from the intensity, you know, compared to, say, doing one class a week? Or, or well, it was a comment Sam made, I think it was in the second last, either Sam made or you made it. One of you made it, it wasn't me. Um, but it was on the second last session. Somebody made a comment about, oh, I, I wish this had been, you know, we had a, a little bit more time if it was over six weeks or if it was over eight weeks. And one of you said, it wouldn't have mattered if we made this thing three months, two months, or the 30 days that we've done it you will still end up with the same result. It just mm. would have taken you longer. You just would have dragged it out. Mm. So compressing it all into one thing, I think was great. I even look at my, my programs, a 13-week, like 90-day program. I already know just after the first week and how I've got things planned out that when I finish this group, I'm going to bring it down to an eight-week, two-month program. Mm -hmm. Same but concept? I think same concept. I need to just push them harder yeah. to get the same result instead of sort of stretching it out. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I know a lot of the conversations that we've had with people who have expressed interest in coming into the knowledge business launch formulas, there's a lot of it's not the right time, got too much on mm. right now sort of stuff. But there's always capacity to take on more, isn't it? And if you don't take it on, it doesn't change. 
Well, you've just got to, like, I looked at it. We were doing it at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, supposedly for an hour. So I blocked out two straight away because I knew you both. <laughs> um, so I was assuming it was probably going to run longer. Well, after the first lesson, we've gone, oh, Tyson's on this. We need to make them two. <laughs> but, but I also realised whenever I've done anything, like if I've gone on a, on a conference, I will usually always stay an extra day afterwards to finish the conference. I'm not going to go and rush to a, an, an aeroplane that night get on the plane, get back home, and then totally forget everything I've done. I'd always allow a day, chill out, enjoy drinks with everybody who hung around. The next morning, wake up, review what I've done. I might go and even do a, you know, a massage. Just chill out that day and take it all in. And then when you get home, you've got a plan what you're going to do. My goal with this was the same thing. Okay, it's at eight till nine, but I'm going to allow myself an extra hour that when we finish so I can take action on what I was supposed to what I learned that day and what I was actually supposed to do. So I was glad I'd already blocked that out. But I think people just, if they really, like if they really want to do something, I've said to people, oh, you need to block out four hours a week to do such and such. And they'll go, oh, I couldn't find four hours a week. Mm. They go, have you ever had a holiday? And they go, yes. I go, how did you possibly fit a whole week in? Mm. I said, because you, you planned it in. You just, people can do whatever they really want to do. Mm-hmm. And anyone says they can't, it's because they don't want to do it. Exactly. You know, one yep. of my favourite sayings is that there's time to do everything you really want to do. Yeah. I'll tell you. If you don't do it, you just it wasn't a priority for you. I'll tell you a funny story. I remember State of Origin a couple of years ago, the rugby league, and there, were, there was a raffle going on to raise money for this local club. So they came into my clinic and I said, I'll have 200 tickets. And I went, seriously? I said, yeah, I'll have 200 tickets. And they said, why? And I went, well, I know you're only selling 500. The two dollars a ticket. I said, I said, I'm going to buy 200 tickets, work or pay for it, tax deductible. If we don't win, it was a donation. Anyway, we won. And we won, won first and second prize, actually. But we only, they only gave us first prize. Two nights, airfares, accommodation, state of origin tickets, four rows back from the field. Oh. So I ring my wife and I said, you know that raffle that I bought the tickets this afternoon? She went, yeah. I said, well, we won it. She went, that's unbelievable. I said, but I have to tell them who's the second person that I'm taking. And, I ha- and you have to tell me in the next 60 seconds. And she went, well, me. I went, what about our daughter? She goes, we'll work out logistics afterwards. <laughs> and that's what people need to do when they see your program or see something else. Just commit to doing it. Work out how you're going to fit in afterwards. Just, look, just fit it in. You'll do it if you really want to do it. So true. So true. We did have some, uh, some people that Tim and I spoke to, we did have a bit of a laugh, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit busy doing other things, a bit busy doing other things. But at the same time, they were saying, oh, we really wish we could, um, you know, get more income at this time. Yeah, it's because Tiger King was on and everyone was on. Did, did yeah. Carol Baskin kill her husband? <laughs> Damn, he did. She did. <laughs> she killed him and fed him to the tigers. That's how it happened. Yep. So, but I do. I think if you really want to do something, you will make the time. The same, I've had people who, even after I did the webinar, who sent me a message and go, Oh, I would love to do your small coaching program, but I can't afford $14.99. And like you can't afford fourteen ninety nine over ninety days. It's not fourteen ninety nine a month. It's fourteen ninety nine for a thirteen week program. Okay, you are never going to get a deal as good as that, and get the information that I'm going to provide. Mm. And oh yeah, I just can't afford it. I go, you know, you'll never be able to afford it if that if that's the mindset. And it's really just it's just shifting the mindset a little bit. Mm. So, what was your number one takeaway from doing? 
KBLF or Knowledge Business Launch Formula that you would like to leave other people with, like your greatest personal takeaway? Just get in there and do the work. When the homework is set, just do it. And if there's any questions, they can just ask you. You can ask both of you and you're both willing. Like I know a number of times I sent Tim a message and went, oh, I'm not sure about this. Oh, okay, I'm going to jump on Zoom in the next 15 minutes if you want to jump on there. And he would explain it to me. Mm. So my biggest takeaway is really just just make the commitment and do it. If you if you want to learn a new skill that you can apply to your business and be making money from it at the end, just just join up and do it and make the time. Mm. One last question from me, Tyson. How do you think this will change your business going forward? It's completely changed my mindset of what I'm capable of. Maybe I yeah maybe I had. Not a, not a, definitely not a negative mindset. I've always been really positive. And anything I've really wanted to do, I've, I've been able to achieve it. But it was just, I had this limiting belief that one on one coaching was the only way to go and didn't realize that group coaching was so much fun. Being involved in it, yeah, as somebody and yeah, as an attendee and also running it. So, how it's going to change my business is I just know now that. I can only explain so much in 13 weeks and there's just so much other stuff that I've got in my head that I need to get out. And now I know that, Hey, I can run a webinar on this. And if people are interested in that, then they'll be prepared to do this other thing that I actually know. So to me, it's just, it's a no brainer. Now I can just set up these different programs over time and it's just going to radically change the way I've been delivering the information. Uh, and I'm having a ton of fun doing it. Mm. And even and people that know me have said that I'm a different person since doing re-energized. The, yeah, just re-energized. I think I was I was just a bit stale and how I was doing things. I was a bit old school. I needed to just embrace new ways of delivering uh, content. Mm. Oh, and, okay, well there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what well, I love about it is that this isn't just that. It's not just the course, is it? I mean, what we did in four weeks was just one piece of it, and that you are continuing to work with us to uh, add the next pieces in, which is super cool. We're really yeah, waiting for that. We're really looking forward to working <laughs> with you and doing some cool stuff. Aren't we, Tim? Yes, we are. Yes. I just spoke for you. <laughs> yeah, no, well, well, Tim mentioned that because it was one of those things that when the group finished, everyone's going, now what? <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us stayed in touch, but then Tim said, well, we're thinking of doing yeah, this next thing. And I said, oh, I'm in. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. And Tim went great. So, yeah, when, as soon as you got it up and running, because I just think it's one of those things when you find your people, this podiatrist mm. said to me, I had her on my podcast, Amy Mack, and she said, you've got to find your gang. And when you find your gang, you, you'll just know because you just fit in with them. She said, and you're going to have different gangs. So you guys are going to be like my you know, webinar gang. <laughs> we can walk around. We can wear big it. W's on us and stuff like that. And webinar gang. That doesn't mean WordPress. It means webinar. <laughs> but you can have different gangs in, in different areas. So I think you need to find the people that bring the best out in you and then hang around them. Mm, and if it that. means that you've got to pay a certain amount of money to be part of different groups, then part the bloody money and just do it because you're going to get it on the back end. I was going to say, it's not a cost, is it? It's an investment. Oh, you yeah, invested but, wisely, Tyson Franklin. Hey, I was going to go to New York City for Christmas with my family and that's not happening. So I've got, I've got, I'm saving a lot this year. Awesome. 
and you'll making be able to, mate, war. At this, at this rate, you'll be able to get a private jet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Tyson, and for very openly sharing your numbers and, and how this has worked for you because, you know, I think that's a testament to what the group was, you know, very open, very sharing. So we thank you for doing that. And for anyone that's listening that would like to know more about Knowledge Business Launch Formula, we are running another webinar this evening at 8 (laughs) o'clock. Gosh, I should have looked that up before. You're looking at me like, (laughs) was it? I can't help you. (laughs) It is 8 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So Thursday evening, head to samanthariley.global forward slash launch where we're going to be discussing or taking you through the four-step framework of the knowledge business launch formula and you'll see the framework that Tyson used to turn his business around into a new direction and uh, make some decent coins. Now you can definitely go to New York City for Christmas. Oh, yeah, I could, oh, I'm not going to go. There's, um, well, there's we, too many bugs around. <laughs> there is there is too many bugs around. I was just on the phone call with one of our friends, Tyson, and he's like, you've got to come. I'm like, I will not be coming. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic time to really check out parts of Australia you've wanted to see, mm-hmm. but you've you've been tempted to go overseas instead. So I'm actually looking be, forward. Either that or you'll be running your, uh, you know, your podiatry business reboot for 2021. <laughs> well, we're actually, we're going, one of our trips we're going to be doing, Tim, is we're heading to Canberra because um, we want to come down there and check out a few things. There's so many cool places down there and mm. wineries. So you put those mm. two things together, it's a win-win. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> awesome. So thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us, Tyson. We very much appreciate you. And Tim, what are we talking about next week? We're going to do a pipeline management masterclass next yes. time. Sounds right. good. Off the so, back of last week's topic of sales conversations, we're going to talk about yeah, how to. Absolutely. I think uh, certainly, you know, managing an effective pipeline is, is one of the areas that you'll be able to pick up lots of missed opportunities. I know, Sam, you and I talk about that all the time. And I tell us, and I imagine you talk about that with some of your clients as well. Um, but we're going to sort of drill into how to manage your sales pipeline more effectively and uh, some of the tips and tricks that we both use to, to uh, make sure that we've got our pipelines full and our clients ready to, to hand over um, that, that cash. Absolutely. Well, cash is the lifeblood of our business, so we need to make sure that's coming in. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please like, and uh, leave us a comment in the discussion thread in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community. And if you know someone that would get value from this episode, please share it with them. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us for another episode, and we will see you all next week. Ciao, ciao. Thank you very much.